Welcome to the What's Up Podcast Christmas Special. My Ooh. name is Martin. I'm Ellie. And I'm William. <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit different from our normal podcasts. Um, it is in the course in the run up to Christmas now. So we have just come back from giving our first talk of the sort of winter season down in Daresbury, down near Manchester. We've got another one coming up next Monday. And this basically means we're pretty frazzled and are struggling to find time to do very much outside of our normal jobs and those things. <laughs> so, William, however, oh, has... Oh, oh. <laughs> well, that was a jolly start. I think, I think it was a bad humbug start is what that was. <laughs> so, uh, William, you have had time to do one extra thing, though. What was that? We got carried away again. Uh, I went singing. Uh, so, for those who are regular listeners... A, congratulations, um, and B, uh, last year you might have heard that we sung a, should we say, arrangement, um, I don't know, I'm sure there are other words for it, uh, a destruction, a, a desecration <laughs> of a well-known carol by trying to squeeze some astronomy words in uh, with the choir, which I sing in um, regularly. And so, yes, you, you said we there, me, myself and I Martin, do. there is none of us singing. No, on no, 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 no. William which is, is better singing. for everyone. Yes, you, yes. you are singing. Uh, I, so... We decided to do the same thing again. Uh, so we went for a little bit of While Shepherds Watched uh, sort of carol, um, which hopefully you're all familiar with. If not, you're about to hear it. Um, <laughs> and uh, we tried to squeeze in some astronomical uh, stories from the year. Last year we had 12 Days of Christmas, so there was lots of stories. And it was incredibly hard to find things which <laughs> had the right numbers. Um, and then we had more to talk about, whereas this time we trimmed it down to three main items which fit more appropriately into a carol format. Oh, actually, I suppose it was four. We kind of mentioned what's coming next as well. We should probably mention that too. Okay, well, before we get any more spoilers, let's drop in the song and let everyone hear your wonderful work. Merry Christmas, all. say thank you very much St Giles. Um, I do think the basses were a little bit flat in the second verse but that's fine, we're going to move over that. Um, Could you hear that Martin? I don't think I have the... They definitely <laughs> were. You can hear them dragging down the pitch, it's terrible. Um, but, no thanks thanks, quiet if any of you are listening, um, if any basses are listening, apologies for insulting you. Okay so there was sort of three, four big key stories in that song. The first one was Gaia. So what is Gaia? 
Um, you, you just, I liked the way you described it the other day, which is that it's the the most famous space telescope you've never heard of, kind of thing. Um, okay. Gaia is a it's a, an ESA satellite, and it's stunning. It's um, doing the job of mapping the entire sky, and it's doing it to a level of precision uh, to which we have not been used to in the past. And this isn't the first data release for Gaia. The DR1 was out a couple of years ago, but DR1 was just a kind of, we're just getting warmed up, and DR2 was like mic drop. Uh, and the reason DR2 was so special is that the high precision data set, so this is measuring the positions of stars so precisely, uh, they've got a billion stars in that catalogue, more than a billion, 1.3 billion, I think, with that really high precision data. And our previous high precision catalogue was only like 130,000 or something from the Hipparchus satellite. So this is like, it's such a change in the numbers that astronomers were literally going, Christmas has come early, this is amazing, and there will be papers upon papers upon papers referring to this data. And to be honest, it's kind of reset the sky for us as well. I think most papers will now always be referring to Gaia positions yeah. for their objects in space for these things. Now, it couldn't do everything. Um, this is about 1% of our Milky Way. Which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit busy, 400 billion stars or so in our own Milky Way. Uh, but these are the nearest and brightest equivalent stars to us. So these are the ones Gaia can do um, more easily. But this isn't the last we've heard of it either. There'll be a data release three coming out and they will be yeah. adding to that catalogue from now on. And now we're going to start to see um, ever more extra detail coming out. But this is just a sea change moment. So it had to be. In. Had to. Cheers, Gaia. Yeah, and sorry for not telling everyone about you as much as we should have done. We tried. Um, well, we, we have done. If you go back to episode 24 of the podcast, there is a, a sort of deeper, bigger section on Gaia as well. So Surprising. If you so many people who listen to this podcast, you would have thought that, that the whole world would know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there, Gaia. We'll get you there. Uh, so the next story along was about a speedy star. A speedy star, yes. Uh, so as as it says, a star uh, circling around a, a black hole. Uh, so in the middle of our very own galaxy, amongst those 400 billion stars, which Ali just, uh, Ali just mentioned, um, at the middle of the galaxy, there's a supermassive black hole. So uh, a black hole which is about 4 million solar masses, so 4 million times the weight of our weight mass of our sun, uh, which is... Uh, Staggering, frankly, isn't it really? Um, it's crazy. And because it's such a huge whopping great big thing, it actually has stars orbiting around it and it flings them around at high speed. Um, so the stars come whizzing in. A bit like you think of like a comet or something coming into the solar system and it comes in close to the sun and it goes whoosh, sort of around. It doesn't make a noise. Like that. <laughs> but it does kind of swing in really close to the star. In, and then, in William's head, it goes whoosh. Yes. <laughs> it would do in sci fi films because they have to make a noise. Otherwise, it looks weird. So this wonderful new piece of kit on the very large telescope, the VLT down in Chile, an instrument called Gravity has been used to really precisely look at the uh, S2 star, badly named, but S2 star, which has gone flying past at very high speed. It approached 3% the speed of light. So I think our song where it says approach the speed of light is taking slight liberties, has to be said, it's not really getting near the speed of light, 3%, but it's the fastest moving star we've ever seen, um, which is pretty cool. And the really cool thing is because it's dipping into a gravitational potential well, so it's sort of getting so close to the black hole um, that it starts to see gravitational uh, or relativistic effects associated with black holes, which is where science goes kooky. Um, so does my brain. Yes. <laughs> you actually see the star changing colour. So the light oh. leaving the star has to give up a little bit of its energy in order to sort of get away from the black hole effectively. 
and in giving away some of its energy, it changes color a little bit. That's a really shock and key description of gravitational redshift. <laughs> but effectively, that's what's happening. Yeah. And that's what gravity measured. We saw a, a star going luminous fast and slightly changing color due to the presence of gravity, which ultimately, let's be honest, kind of mean that Einstein chap is still bang on. Damn him. He, we, can't, we can't break his science. <laughs> hundred years of trying to poke it in every possible way. And he's it's still right way to go albert way yeah to go. good work albert <laughs> there, there's a slightly less chunky description of what you've just described in episode 28 of the podcast as well if you want to go back and have a listen no i think there. i was describing it then so oh, it was okay, still so pretty chunky yeah <laughs> uh, and the third story that was sort of mentioned there uh what was that one ali uh double sonic boon falcon heavy loveliness did i say boon boom yes boon. falcon heavy loveliness oh my gosh that was a stunning story. I saw it live. You saw it live? Yes, yes, watching it live. It was very, well, very live on Live on TV. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Were, you no. weren't there, just to clarify. Oh, yeah. At some point, I will smuggle myself near a SpaceX launch, <laughs> but right now, no. Um, but I, 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 I kind of made a whoop noise when I saw it happen. Um, it was very whoopy. And I, I had no idea until, Martin, you, you pointed out that in their simulation video, it was the exact replica of that double... Yeah rocket landing so should I, should I do a brief summary of it or do you want to i'll let you know i'll let you go um so this was the the falcon heavy is kind of just three falcon nines strapped together and the falcon nine has been doing very well nasa just recently approved it actually as a as a launch vehicle for expensive things which is kind of cool so that means the stats are better like expensive Falc- do you mean people um, uh, I might, well, it will be human rated eventually, yeah. I think. Yeah. So the um, the Falcon Heavy is essentially three of these strapped together, and you throw away two on the way up. They're like the boosters, you know, the space shuttle used to have boosters on the side. You throw away those two boosters on the side, and then the middle bit keeps going. And um, that Falcon Heavy is actually the most powerful rocket um, humankind has launched in recent times um and you're starting to get into that sort of saturn 5 moon landing class of rocket again which is very cool um and this was the first ever launch it was a prototype there was a silly payload which happened to be a tesla roadster with a spaceman in it and we we were all joking about whether or not elon musk had committed the perfect crime and that inside that spacesuit was actually a dead body and it's now sailing away across um the solar system so it's orbiting now between here and just a little bit further than mars it's just swinging around it's doing so it's doing very well uh, but this was the first launch so there was a small but not insignificant chance it was going to go and explode it did not it was nearly flawless um and the best thing about this whole launch was that the two boosters had to come back and land on the launch pad this is um spacex's reusable rockets uh, they had to come back and land near simultaneously on the launch pad and in the simulations they were showing this sort of sci-fi shot and everyone was like yeah that'll be nice if it works and then they did it and they did it with a high definition stream so that you could watch this live and the noise of the the spacex crew in the the sort of main hangar all sort of whooping and cheering as every sort of milestone was met and then you saw the two rockets come down it's the most sci-fi-ness thing i've ever seen i think that was real as one of my favorite things for having seen that so Every time Falcon Heavy launches now, it's going to be fun to watch because uh, people who haven't seen that will get a chance to mm. maybe see that again. Um, I think there's one in January. Yeah, yeah, beginning of next year. Excellent. Next year is going to be a good year, I think, for spacey stuff. So, Jack, can you get a reduced rate? You're doing the, the, the if you're the you know this is okay as you say it didn't blow up on the first one, but 
chances are, you know, still still a little bit experimental. <laughs> do, you, do you get get a bit of a discount? I, I didn't think to ask. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, SpaceX already kind of is sort of undercutting a lot of the other bigger rockets yeah. because they're they're so much more complex. And SpaceX has deliberately gone for this simple, simple, simple reuse. Well, I say simple. You know, bringing bringing a rocket <laughs> back to the launch early. pad is not trivial. In fact, they just had a recent splash. Yes. Um, and uh, as per their design, the Falcon Nine it tries to land on the launch pad, but by default, if something goes wrong, it's going to end up in the drink, and it did. But we could maybe talk about that more in the new year when we are less hunged over from our <laughs> previous four days of craziness and travels and things. <laughs> I think just, again, for reference, if you want more information about the Falcon Heavy launch when it first happened, that is episode 22 of the podcast. I'm so glad you took a note of those numbers. <laughs> the one thing is we didn't, so the last story that was sort of mentioned teased, I suppose, at the end of the song, we haven't yet covered in a podcast. So we can't do a callback to. But what was that story, William? That story was a New Horizons New World show. Uh, so New Horizons, <laughs> you might remember, was the uh, glorious little craft which went whizzing past Pluto in 2015. Sure. Something like that. A few years ago. Um, so it went past Pluto and took all those glorious pictures of oh, Pluto. It's been in much a few years already. I think yeah, so, okay. yeah. Oh, no, I believe you. I believe you. Um, and that was its primary mission, to go and get pictures of Pluto, because we'd never had a, a mission visit Pluto. Um, and as we you know, saw it, you know, revealed all those interesting surface features and crazy kind of ice deposits, etc. Just brilliant. Yeah. Um, but the exciting thing was you've got a craft going at high speed with lots of good cameras on it and they're like, right, where can we go next? And they, they looked at its possible trajectories. They picked out a tiny little rock, which is called, and I'm going to let Ali say it because he likes saying it, Ultima Thule. That, that thing. Um, which has a very grand name, but <laughs> the pictures of it are awful. It's just like a little dot, which we've managed to see whizzing past. And they, from those little dots, they're able to calculate where it will be in uh, on January the 1st. And that, is where New Horizons will be as well. So um, look out. Well, actually, I think it passes on January the 1st. I think it's about seven light hours away, so it's a little while before we get the, any data back. But yeah. I mean, Well, hopefully we'll get a little oh. whoop whoop um, yeah. just to yes. let us know that it's been working, like a little beep to say the data is now downloading was, very slowly yeah. from this distance. Because the, the Pluto will be sort of, last turning over in the little progress bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's going it's about 2,000 kilometers away from the surface of this thing, so it's actually closer than it was to Pluto, so we should get some amazing imagery of an object. Mm. And arguably, we know less about this yeah. new one than we do about Pluto. Yeah. Um, I, I was amazed because they did this weird stellar occultation observation so it winked out a distant star very briefly but by m- taking the the light curve of that star they knew it was going to happen they, it helps them to measure the shape of this thing much more precisely because it's just too faint to really see with any detail and you, you were saying that you think that they, it, they reckon it's more blobby than just the best guess thing. is that it's kind of like a slightly supersized rosetta 67p that right. comet rubber duck shape that's the best guess um but it could still be two separate things sort of orbiting one another it's about 40 kilometers across so it's, yeah. it's pretty dinky yeah um but it's also it should be incredibly pristine as well because this thing has spent its life out beyond the orbit of pluto so um yeah it's it's going to be fantastic because i don't think we really taken a close-up picture of something like that before definitely no, not something no. that small that's no. that far out no. so yeah no it's no. gonna be cool but january the first easy Ultima to remember Thule. they must be so pleased when they did the overall calculation and went it's gonna go past on oh it's gonna january the first <laughs> incidentally that name's not permanent they're gonna wait to see how many bits there are before they name the thing so i think they're gonna wait and see what the Ultima date is and fool. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and there's also a possibility that they're gonna turn new horizons after it's finished back and do another self-portrait oh, of the solar nice. system pale blue dot style so if you've never seen the pale blue dot image you're gonna get a new one anyway it's nearly 30 years since the last one so i'm looking forward to that too 
I hope they do. So that's something to keep an eye out or an ear out for on the first episode of our podcast in the new year. So I guess that just leaves us with the opportunity to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, a Good Newtonmas, um, <laughs> and of course a great new year when it finally comes. And of course on the first farm works I did in the new, new years is of course this data coming back from New Horizons and a photograph mm. of such a distant object. Oh yeah. See you in 29 y'all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.